start a series today called Under Construction. Now, I get that uh, I'm starting this series at the exact same time that we are going into a building program, but this is not a financial series in any way. It is a series on faith. It's a series on God's work in your life, Uh, but we are uh, starting a building program, but beyond all of that, uh, we're going to talk about what God is doing in your life personally, so turn to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read from the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. It certainly wasn't by me or anybody famous that's here on this earth right now. I tell you, the greatest sermon that was ever preached was by Jesus Christ when he preached the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to start at the very end. I'm going to start this series. I'm just going to give you a little bit of it today. But I want to talk to you about building. I want to talk to you about what God's Word says to us concerning building. And we're actually going to look at the very end of this sermon. Now, I tell you, I hang around preachers a lot. I've talked to many preachers. We have some phrases that we use concerning preaching. And one of the things we talk about a lot is, is landing the plane. That's one of those phrases that we use. That's talking about learning how to end a sermon. Now, I know maybe you've sat under pastors before, preachers before, uh, where they don't know how to land the plane. They just keep circling. You know what I'm saying? They just like, they're caught in a holding pattern. They got like five closings and, you know, they just go on and on and on. And, and uh, so I know that sometimes it's difficult to land the plane. Every preacher wants to preach a sermon where he effectively lands the plane. How many of you know if you fly, taking off is important? Right? It's important to take off right. You want to take off right? That was a good takeoff. Most people, though, we don't sit there in a plane and go, hey, that was a great takeoff. You know what I'm saying? And mid-flight is important. That's important. How many of you know? But you could have a great takeoff. You could have a great mid-flight. You mess up the landing, it's going to be remembered forever. You know, I've been in some landings before where, where I go, you know, you just don't think nothing, 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 and bam, you hit the ground and go, what in the world just happened? Well, Jesus here in Matthew chapter 7, the interesting thing about what we're going to read today is he's landing the plane of this sermon. He's laying out his doctrine, his belief system, and he's about to end the sermon. Now listen very carefully at how he ends it. We're going to read Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them... I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken him to a foolish man. He'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Here is Jesus ending the sermon. That's it. That's the end right there. And he's, he's ending this sermon with what some people call the parable of the wise and the foolish builder. Or if you've been around church, maybe you've heard somebody refer to it as the parable of the two builders. I look at this and I don't see it so much as a parable as I look at it as an altar call. Jesus ends his sermon the way many people do. He gives a, a, a chance for you to respond. And he says this, now everything that I just said, in fact, what he said just right before this, 
right before this story where he talks about the two different builders, is he says, hey, many will say to me in that day, Lord, I prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And I will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Therefore, if anyone hears these sayings of mine and does them, right? So he ends kind of what I would say on a somber note, you know what I mean? No poem, no cool video, no, you know, little flashing little lights and demonstration. It's he ends it with this like, mm, this really kind of hard saying, but it is so vital and so important. The words that he speaks at the ends of the end of the sermon, he lays out this understanding. And I want to look at it today because I was reading this and I saw something in here I really hadn't seen before. And I go, you know, some people have this misconception that if I do nothing, then I'm doing nothing. If I do nothing, then nothing is happening. If I do nothing, then, then it's just like I'm in a waiting period. And I'm here to tell you that this parable tells us that when you do nothing, you're actually doing something. Huh? And let me just tell you this. I believe with all my heart, and this is a statement that God gave to me to share with you, that, and that's this. Inactivity is activity. I need you to catch that. Inactivity is activity. Because Jesus said this, if you hear my words and you don't do them, you're building. You're building. And you really don't have a choice as to whether you are building or not. He really kind of lays it out like this. He said, you're doing one of two things. You're either building on rock or you're building on sand. So the truth of it is this. We don't have the choice as to whether we're building or not building. We also don't have the choice as to whether storms come or storms don't come. How many of you know storms just come? It rains on the just and the unjust. And he says, that's not the choice. The really the only choice that you have when it comes to life is which foundation you are going to build upon. And so when we talk about being under construction, I got news for you is this. Listen, we are all building. We're all under construction. We're all putting in effort. You are either building on the rock or you're building on sand. You're building on something. See, sometimes we think that I'm just going to coast for a little while. Oh, you're not coasting, you're building. Sometimes we think that I'm just going to wait this season out. I'm just going to check out for a little while. Oh, you haven't checked out, you're building. Come on now. You're building every day of your life, every week of your life, every month of your life. You are building something. You're building. You're either building on a sure foundation or you're building on sand. And listen, we know in Florida, listen, my wife and I were beach people. We love to go to the beach. I grew up at the beach. Uh, I grew up with sand. I know all about building sandcastles. I've built many sandcastles in my life. I have put incredible time and effort and energy into them only to see them destroyed, usually by an older sibling. But sometimes, sometimes it was the, the water that came up just when you had it just right. How many of you know it just takes one little old ripple, one little old wave to wipe out all the hard work that you have put in? That is what it means to build on sand. To build on sand. And I got news for us. We are building something. We're building with our life. We're building with our life. You know, I was invited to preach at a conference with young adults and they said, we want you to preach the general session and then we want you to do a workshop. 
And so as soon as they invited me, I said, well, I know when I'm going to preach in the general section. I had a message that God dropped in my heart immediately. But then I thought to myself, what am I going to preach for the workshop? It's like an hour. I was going to do an hour teaching. And I thought, what should I share upon? And God gave me this message. It was really interesting, very unique. I've never preached it before, and I've never preached it since. It was just for that moment at that time. And the title of the message was, The Greatest Decade of Your Life. The Greatest Decade of Your Life. And what I meant by that is this. I believe that the greatest decade of your life is your 20s. That don't mean that it was the happiest decade of your life. Come on, somebody. It just means that in your 20s, and I, I think this, the ages of 18 to 28, and I look back at my life, and many of you probably could say the same, those ages between 18 and 28, man, they were important years for me. I mean, those are the years that, that I chose a career. Those are the years that I chose a spouse. Those are the years that I chose to have kids. I mean, that was an important decade in my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying my 30s right now. I really am. <laughs> Those of you who know me, you know I, I kind of I aged out of the 30s just a little bit. I'm holding on to the 40s, praise the Lord. But, but and, and listen, you can enjoy every decade of your life. And I believe this, good gets better, hallelujah. But the choices that I made in those 10 years of my life were important choices. And if you think for a minute, and I thought for a minute, I used to think, well, I'm just going to wait. I mean, you know, life will really happen when, when I do this, this, and this. I got news for you. Let me tell you, every moment of our life, we're doing something. There is nothing that is irrelevant. There is nothing that is not important in your life. Listen, every day of your life is important. It's important. You know, this week I sat with my architect. I've asked uh, Pastor Alex to help me this morning a little bit. Um, this week I sat with our architect. As you know, we're in a, a, a building project. And, and so he came over and he, he showed with me Friday and he brought me this. This is 36 pages of the building project that we are about to un, go, go into. 36 pages. I'll tell you what this really is. It's $30,000. That's what this is, all right? It may not look like $30,000, but this is $30,000, all right? And, um, and there's more to it than this. You know, there's microfilm and there's building contracts and bids and different things. But this is the totality of the pages. And this week we're going to submit um, some paperwork to, to go ahead and, and get county approval. This is, this is a lot. And as he was showing me this, he kind of laid it out on this table. And I thought, why do I got to make this so big? And so he laid this out on the table. And he just started going through page after page after page. And the first 10 pages, I just thought, whew, can we get to the good stuff yet? I mean, the first 10 pages look like this front page, just kind of like this. And I go, and he was just describing it to me. And I thought, boring. Come on, next, next, next. But every time he would turn to a page, he would tell me why it's important. Well, this is important because this is your HVAC and this is, this is your electrical and this is your foundation and this is, this is your structure and this is a side view. And, this is, and I just wanted to see the one page in here, about 10 in, one page in here that shows you the, the whole layout. I just want to see the layout. I didn't care about any of that other stuff, but he said it's all important. And guess what? Without all of it, nothing happens. 
Nothing happens without all of it. All of it is important. And if you think for a minute that the season that you're going through right now is not important, I'm here to tell you, you are building and it is important. It's important how you build. It is important what you build. And it's important where you build. It's important. Right? And there's two reasons why we pick sand. Let me tell you. And there's only two reasons. I believe this. I believe we pick sand, first of all, because it's just easier. We just hit that easy button. How many know there's an easy button, right? It's just easier. It's just easier for us to to just do this. And and we can just hear it and and not do it. You know, James chapter 1, it's like the Holy Spirit revisits this sermon through James. And and James chapter 1, and it says this, you cannot just be a hearer of the word. You have to be a doer because if you are just a hearer of the word, you're like somebody who looks at their face in a mirror. You walk away, don't even know that your hair's messed up. Your face is jacked up sideways and, 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 and you look terrible and you walk away thinking you look like a million dollars when you don't realize you're a mess. You need to make some adjustments, some changes, and you are unstable in all your ways. If you're a hearer and you're not a doer, right? And, and so sometimes we just pick the easy way. It's just easier. It is just, I get it. You look at the rock and you go, you know what? To drill through that, to have to lay that foundation, to have to hammer through that. Uh, I mean, it, there's that or there's the sand. And you just go, the sand just looks so much more inviting, and so we pick, we pick the, the easy way sometimes. And I saw this quote by a guy named Winky Prattney, and I just thought it was so powerful. And he said this, Many say they can't get God's guidance when they really mean they wish he would show them an easier way. Hey, way to go, Winky. I mean, that is a great quote right there. It's not that we can't find the will of God. Let me tell you, I get that God wants you to push in. And so he, he kind of sometimes will, will say, hey, I'm, I'm going to show it to you when you get hungry. I'm going to show it to you when you press in. But he's not some mysterious God that you have to somehow figure out. And he lives, you live life in an escape room. And somehow you have to find these ridiculous clues that you're ever going to get out. No, God wants you in his will more than you want to be there. But sometimes we just look at it and we go, ah, it looks kind of difficult is there an easier way than getting up every morning a half hour early is there an easier way than than coming to church when I, when I don't feel like it is there an easier way than volunteering is there an easier way than, than serving is there an easier way than going to connect group is there an easier way than going to discovery there's got to be an easier way is there an easier way there is an easier way but it's going to leave you with a foundation that is unstable you know, my wife and I, we lead a connect group here on Wednesday nights. And I lead, uh, we're going through the book of Mark with, with some individuals. And, and let me just tell you, for me personally, my wife and I, we like to be home. We are home bodies. Tomorrow is best friend day. It's our day off. And we are going to do this. Nothing. That's the compound word meaning not a thing. We're not going to do anything. I got it on the schedule. What's scheduled for today? Nothing. Write it on my calendar. We're going to do nothing. We like doing nothing. And I could really do that every night of my life and be a happy man. I could do it every night of my life. How many of you just like being home? I like being home. I like my house. I like my wife. I like my kids. I like my cat. I, I like it all. I like it all. All right? 
And I like being home. But Wednesday nights, man, we got to get the kids homework and meals and, and different things. I mean, we actually even have food here to try to make it easier on us. It would just be easier to be home. But you can't minister to people that way, right? You can't, you can't be in community. You can't grow if you just decide to choose the easy path all the time. You have to be willing to say, okay, there's going to be some things in my life that are going to be difficult. And if I'm always looking for the exit, man, if I'm looking for the, the, the escape route, if I'm looking for the door out, how many of you know you're not going to make it? I mean, if you've been married for more than a few years, you've figured out it, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And some people, the minute difficulty comes into any marriage, they want to, hey, where, where's the back door to this thing? But I, you know, my wife and I, we went through that. You heard our testimonies for the last couple of weeks in the last series I just teached. But you have to be willing to make some difficult choices, right? And not just choose the easy path, right? The second reason why people choose the sand is it's faster. It's just faster. And let me tell you, an easy and fast they are twin brothers of self-destruction. You hear me? And they often come together. It is easy and it's fast, and I want it fast, and I want it easy. I want it fast. I want it, I want it fast, and I want it easy. We had, a, we had a man come to our church. This is years and years ago. We had discovery classes. You know, we have these Christian growth classes that um, we lead people through, and they're six weeks uh, each, and, and you go through the first one. It kind of talks about... Uh, the basics of Christianity, and the next one talks about spiritual warfare, and the next one talks about the person of the Holy Spirit, and the next one talks about leadership. It's an equipped class. And so we have these classes, and he signed up for them, and about two weeks in, he quit. And I talked to him. I said, hey, what happened? I noticed you're not going anymore. Is there any reason why? He said, man, I know all that stuff. I don't need any of that stuff, man. I'm, six weeks is a long time. I'm like, six, six weeks is a long time. Right? You know, years later, that man's life was completely falling apart. And the last I checked, it was still falling apart. And I thought, what, a, what, would, have, what would his life be like today if he'd have said, you know what, I'm going to stick with this for six weeks. And then I'm going to go to the next six weeks class. I'm going to go to the next one that's six weeks. I'm going to go to the next one that's six weeks. I'm going to get involved in a connect group. I'm going I'm to join with some other men. His life could be totally different. Instead, he chose the the easy path. You see what I'm saying? The fast route. He said, oh, that's too much time. Let me tell you, I get, I get that it's time. I get it. And, and I get that staying home is easier. I like to stay home. I've got, a, I've got a remote control that I've got a PhD in how to work. And I know how to work this thing, man. And I like to just lay on the couch. And I want it easy. And I want it fast. And, but, but you can't live life like that. And be effective and be productive, right? And build on a sure foundation. I want to give you two questions kind of to end with today. And the first one is this. What is God telling me to be patient about that I'm trying to rush? What is God really telling me to be patient about that I'm trying to rush? Man, Marissa gave her testimony. And she's in that incredible decade in her 20s. Man, I'm so excited that she's here today where she's making great choices, building on a solid foundation. And she said, I get it. I wanted to rush it. I wanted it to happen. I wanted it to happen. We all want it to happen. But what am I trying to rush that God's telling me? You just be patient, right? 
We read this a few weeks ago when we talked about some things and we said, hey, the Bible says this, that the trying of your faith works in you. It works in you, patience. The trying of your faith. Right? The second question I want to give you today is this. What area of my life do I need to re-examine because I have allowed laziness to keep me from building a solid foundation? What area of my life do I need to re-examine? Can I just give you one to start with? Can I give you one to put at the top of your list? I don't know where you're at at it, but I want to give you one to put at the very top of your list, and that is your personal private time with God. Where you open up the scriptures, you take the word of God, you read your Bible, and you get the word of God on the inside of you. And if that is not at the top of your list to re-examine, can I just encourage you to put it there? Put the word of God there. Because as you get the word of God in your life, let me tell you, it is like you taking the time to go, hey, it would be easier to hit the devil-inspired snooze button. Listen, how many of you know the devil invented those things, snooze buttons? It'd be easier to just lay in bed. It'd be easier to just roll over. It'd be easier to skip church. It'd be easier to misconnect group. It'd be easier not to volunteer. It'd be easier to just do anything but that, Right? And the devil wants to, to, to hinder you in every way that he can. So he just throws up easy this, fast this, easy this, fast this. But if you will persevere and you'll press through and you'll say, hey, I'm tired of the easy route. I'm tired of always choosing the, the way that's going to be the fastest. I'm willing to make some tough choices, do some difficult things so that I can dig down into some solid rock and I can build a solid foundation for my life. Amen. Jesus said, if you're a doer and not just a hearer, listen, when the storms come, you'll survive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I want to end with this. Let me tell you this. Storms come. They come. And they come through no fault sometimes of your own. Sometimes it is your choice. Sometimes you made some bad mistakes. But sometimes through other people's choices, storms just come into our life. Rain comes and wind comes. And the first six years of my life, working life, I should say this. The first six years after I graduated, I worked two jobs that was all outside. I used to tell people I could smell rain. I could smell rain a mile off, man. I could smell it. I just knew when it was going to rain. I used to be able to set my watch by those afternoon summer storms that hit in South Florida. You know the ones that come about 2.30 in the afternoon? They last about 20 minutes. You could see them kind of forming. You could see the clouds come. But then every now and then you see one of those ones that's off in the distance that you go, listen, that's not going to be just a 20-minute storm. How many of you know living in South Florida, you see, the, you see those ones that you go, that one looks like it's going to be here a while. Huh? And sometimes they come into our life. And I want you to do this this morning. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Because I want to pray with you about those storms. And I want to pray with you about the foundation that you have right now. I know this. There are some in this room, and let me tell you, I'm putting myself there as well. We have made some mistakes. Love a few do-overs in my life. I'd love an opportunity to go back and revisit a choice. Choose a different one. 
I know in my life, there's been times, seasons in my life where I have said, I'll take the easy route. I'll take the fast route. And because of it, foundations that I thought were really solid started to show some cracks, started to shift on me. And even though I was busy and I was doing some things and I thought I was even doing some good things for God, because I wasn't doing what God said to do, my foundation was not secure. Maybe you're here today and you think you have blown it. Maybe you're here today and you think, Pastor, I've spent too many years of my life. That decade you were talking about, 18 to 28, man, I blew that whole decade, man. I can't even remember one good choice. I can't even remember any positives from it. It's like those years of my life are gone. Let me tell you, I know there are many people here today that you've lost years of your life. I'm here today to tell you that there is a God in heaven, first of all, that forgives. Did you hear me? I said he forgives. And there is nothing that you have done. There is no foundation that you have laid that God cannot come and he cannot push back together. He cannot fortify it. He cannot strengthen it. Listen, God can do anything today, including repair the weak foundations of our life. He's that kind of God. If we just begin to make some right choices to say, God, I've spent too many years of my life, too many months, too many of the last few weeks, the last few days of my life building on sand. Today, today I make a choice to build on rock.